With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Woodman Corner, the West Bromwich Albion podcast brought to you by the Birmingham Mail. Um, it seems like Alan Pardew is the, uh, the watchword today, so we thought we'd bring you a special breakout podcast to take a look at uh, the former Newcastle United manager and, uh, and see what people think of him. Um, at the moment, uh, Pardew is 4-1 to one on with Betfair and Paddy Power at the time we're recording this, so um, it would appear like the bookies at least think that he's... Uh, He's very much the firm favourite. Uh, there's some talk that he's been in the area. There's some talk that um, Ronald Koeman and Sam Allardyce aren't interested. There's some talk that Albion want Premier League experience, and that's going to be quite a limiting thing. There's not, there's not many others. Maybe Martin O'Neill, one or two others, but there's, there's not many out there in the market that, uh, that have that. So what we thought we'd do is take a, uh, a quick look at Alan Pardew as a manager. Um, we're going to do that by speaking to two people. Firstly, Mark Douglas, who's the Newcastle United editor at the Newcastle Chronicle and uh, has covered Pardew's career there. Um, ask him a bit about, uh, about how he did, the nature of the football, one or two stories about his time there, and, uh, and then generally about Newcastle and whether or not they might help us out by being, being a relegation candidate. We've also got a um, Newcastle fan in our office in the form of uh, video editor Ben Hurst. We've had a bit of a chat with him about, uh, about Pardew's time at Newcastle. So hopefully we'll um, be able to put some meat on the bones about the man that might very well be the next Albion manager. OK, so I'm here with, uh, I'm on the line with Mark Douglas, who is the Newcastle United editor at the Newcastle Chronicle. He's also the writer of the book, uh, The Raffolution. What's the, name of the, what's the name of your book, Mark? Inside the Raffolution. Inside the Raffolution, yeah. uh, which, which you know, I, I would no doubt would be interesting to Albion fans as well as Newcastle fans. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, Alan Pardew, is he any good? Yeah, well, I mean, Alan Pardew, I think, I think it's fair to say that, that he's, that there's mixed opinions of him at Newcastle United. I think... He, he definitely stayed for too long. Um, in the short term, for the first sort of two, three years, he did, you know, he did very, very well. I mean, in the first year, the first full season he had at Newcastle United, he got Newcastle into fifth, which was, uh, you know, an overachievement of pretty um, incredible proportions, really, especially when things sort of levelled out a little bit later in his reign. Um, he, he was very good in the short term, and I think that seems to have been a pattern that's followed him throughout his throughout his time at Newcastle, uh, throughout his time in, in football management. Sorry, he, he seems to do a really good job at first. I mean, at Palace, you know, he had them overachieving. I think they were in the they were in the sort of top six uh, just before he got relegated. Uh, just before he, they they slumped slumped into uh, relegation uh, problems as well. And he did you know he did a similar thing at Newcastle. I think the problem was that he that, that he became very much. Um, linked with a, a very unpopular owner and a boardroom that, that you know is, is pretty toxic at Newcastle United. He, he said the wrong things. I think there was there was an evidence. I think towards the especially towards the end that you know he he felt like he was kind of torn between uh, representing Mike Ashley in the boardroom and you know that was just completely incompatible with staying popular at Newcastle United. And I think that then created a lot of pressure off the field, which 
which then affected his decisions on the field as well. But he, he's not bad, you know. Tactically, I think he, he's pretty flexible. They're quite, they're, they were quite direct under 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 him. But he, you know, he, he never really had any control at all over transfers. That was the main thing. I think that was one of the big problems. It was almost like Newcastle was so desperate to do, um, desperate to back him and desperate to, to have him as you know they gave him a ten-year contract. I think at one point or an eight-year contract. Sorry, that's, that he that, that he would still be in if he was still here. Um, but he did. But I just think that they they never really you know they were prepared to back him to an extent of giving him a long contract. But then they didn't back him. In in terms of the players that he wanted either and, and, and that just meant it was a problem and he stayed for two years too too many as well I mean he should have gone the season before he actually went he should have gone then um, he, he was very close to um, to getting fired I think for, for, for off-field stuff which was actually when he, he said that uh, he didn't think Mike Ashley uh, knew what he was talking about with football he said that it kind of off the, off the cuff kind of comment I think it was on Sky and that was the only time he was ever really close to getting sacked because um, he was you know they they, were, they felt like they were going to back him um, back him to, to the hill so I, I thought he was funny enough we, we fell out with him towards the end I'll probably get into that a little bit later and, and he was very you know we the, the newspaper fell out with him and he um, and I found him you know sometimes he could be extremely kind of brash and arrogant um, but I think I think as a football manager he's not bad at all you know he's got he's definitely got um, things that he does really well. The players liked him at Newcastle. Generally, they felt like his sessions were pretty good. He was he wasn't bad at um, he, he, you know they felt he was a good coach. Um, his teams, you know, I think the problem was sometimes they had a very soft centre and they collapsed very too easily. But that was a question I think maybe of them signing the wrong players, which you couldn't necessarily say was his fault. So he's a, you know he's a Premier League level manager. At the same time, he wasn't the right man for Newcastle certainly by the end by the end I mean looking at the, at the nature of what, what is the job for Albert I'd say it almost splits into two there is a short term kind of firefighting job there in that they are you know their full favourites for relegation now having been nowhere near there at the start and there's probably a longer term stabilise the club in the, in the divisional re-stabilise the club as a firefighter by the sounds of things you think um, that's probably his, his forte yeah, I think I think what he does is he comes in and he gives a uh, he gives a kind of short term injection of sort of something different. There's definitely you know he, he definitely has a um, I I think something about that he does well when he comes into a club. He he must rally the players. I think well. Um, I think they all spoke they all spoke quite because he came into Newcastle in quite difficult circumstances. He'd just been um, just just left Southampton in League One. Um, Chris Hughton left. Chris Hughton was a very, very popular manager at Newcastle United. He came in, and it was a difficult situation for him because he didn't have much legitimacy in terms of being the Newcastle manager. But he won people around, and he did that quite well. He won the dressing room around by sort of... I don't think he was being pushed around by anybody, but he, he, he's a kind of dressing room manager, so he will take, you know, he will put hand, an arm around the shoulder of, of the players. He likes to have the players on side. It, you know, he's not a pushover, um, but he, he does like, he works with the players. He's not a kind of sergeant major who'll come in and, and tell everybody what they're doing wrong and what they're, um, you know, and, and they've got to do it this way or that way. He, he's not he's not that kind of man. He works with the players. And so I think he probably, in the short term, could make a difference for um, for West Brom. I think whether he's the answer long term, I don't think there's anything in his career as a manager to suggest that he's he's you know he's, a, he's somebody who can come in and do it for ten, you know, do it for three or four or five seasons. But there's not many people who can, to be fair to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I think I think he was he, he is unpopular at Newcastle United because, but it was more for the things that he said. Off the pitch, I think potentially he said the wrong things. He was—he just made the mistake of getting tied up with the um, tied up with the, the ownership. He said he, he 
I think he overcompensated after he made the mistake um, on Sky Sports about Mike Ashley. He overcompensated and said far too much yes. uh, in praise of Mike Ashley. Then you know turned a lot of people off. Lost the derby. I mean, he, you know, he, he was. They, they had a terrible record in the derbies towards the end, and also his record in the cups where he'd, he'd pick weakened teams, partially because I think that was club policy, um, made him very, very unpopular. Um, towards the end um, and he was engaged in this kind of running battle with Graham Carr who was the chief scout at the time um, over players and stuff and I think you know as a, it, that's the thing you know he he was quite happy to work within those constructs because he knew it was a big job and I think if he went into West Brom he would go in with his eyes open about you know look the West Brom job similar to Newcastle you have to take you know, you have to take the structure as part of the job. You know, you're not you're not going you're not going to go into West Brom and get to buy every player that you want, but you might have you'll have more control over it. I think than he did at Newcastle, and it's the question of whether you know whether he can do that. The one thing at Palace was he did get he did get complete free reign over signing players, and it didn't um, it didn't actually come off, did it? Cause no. they, towards the end, he spent a lot of money, and it didn't actually uh, it didn't actually come off that well. So you should have sent him Graham Carr. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, funnily enough, he did actually. He, he, he used to complain to us about not getting the right, not getting the the, money, the, the players that he wanted. Um, and then he went to Palace and signed half the players that he'd signed that Graham Carr had signed for him in Newcastle. He got he got Johan Kabay and he wanted um, he wanted others. He obviously got Lauren Remy as well, and he wanted yeah. others who, um, who Graham Carr had signed for him. But the, the players seem to quite you know the players seem to quite like him. I, I think. I think it's, it, with a bit of distance, you can now see that he wasn't. He certainly wasn't the worst manager that Newcastle have ever had. I mean, Steve McLaren was utterly hopeless. Uh, John Carver, who followed him um, on a caretaker basis, you know, I think was really struggled. He was kind of out of his depth a little bit with with no resources. And Pardew was better than both of them. But then you see where Newcastle are now in terms of having Rafa Benitez as a manager, and and it's night and day. You know, Rafa Benitez is is much better manager than Alan Pardew. Um, and, and does things in a completely different way, and um, you know that, I think that's the level that Newcastle fans want their manager to be at. Um, Pardew wasn't at that level, but he's not—he's not bad. You know, I, I wouldn't be—it's not like a kind of a, an appointment that, that I would look at as a West Brom fan and think he's going to—you know—we're we, in real trouble. It's not a kind of one of those appointments where you look at it and you think, "Well, what did they do that for?" He's going to—you know—he's going to go. I mean, it's not like a kind of. David Moyes at West Ham where you just cannot understand what they're doing there I, I, I wouldn't say it was quite the same at West Brom yeah. I could understand why they were a bit underwhelmed given some of the other candidates out there So we, uh, we love a story on Woodman Corner and you intimated it earlier on what, can you tell us any stories from your time with Alan Pardew? <laughs> How long have you got? There's, uh, <laughs> there's a lot about Alan Pardew um, not all of them not all of them, are, not all of them printable um, yes. or, uh, or for, or for the, the, the lecture of people listening to the podcast but there's um, yeah, well, it, funnily enough, he was. I think the thing, the thing with the thing with Pardew was more that he. It was what what he was what he was good at was he would he would kind of give you this impression that he was um, you know that he was very good with the media at, at the start. You know, he, he got us all on side, but you always felt with you always felt with him that he was um, you know that there was an element of he was kind of using you a little bit. Um, and I, I remember when um, Joe Kinnear uh, when Joe Kinnear came in and obviously came in and he mispronounced everybody's mispronounced everybody's surnames and all this and everybody was kind of getting really worked about what he was going to do um uh, alan pardew you know under the press officers instructions invited us all down to um uh, the quayside for a pizza and a, and a few drinks and he was there like you know 
running running around telling us asking us what do you think of this player I'm going to go and, you know, I'm going to go and get this player I think I'm going to you know, what do you think what do you think of uh, Baron Bent at, at West Brom and, and and we were kind of sitting there thinking oh you know he's he's going to get his own he's going to get his own way he's going to work this as a kind of you know into his own way sure enough the next time we um, the next time we uh, we, we saw him he you know he'd not managed to get any of those things <laughs> yeah. it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a joke but I also remember that after the fifth play season we got invited up to the boardroom for a kind of you know a, a kind of a boozy lunch really. And uh, I remember him saying, you know, he was kind of, they'd finished fifth, so he'd done really, really well. And uh, he said, he said, oh, do, do you think, you know, do you think I'll get, he, he's like, I've got, do you think I, do you think, what do you think of the season? We were saying, oh, you know, you've got to be a contender for the League Managers Association, surely. Um, the LMA award and stuff, and he just went, nah, they all, uh, nah, 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 my colleagues, my managerial colleagues do not like me. And it was like, you know, but then he did actually win it in the end, so he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't right on that. But um, he's quite, he's quite a funny guy, you know, he's quite, he's quite a smart, smart guy, but um, I mean, towards the end, I, I don't know whether you remember the, he, he, he came out blamed, blamed the local media because we, we we actually got banned on his watch, and he came out and um, blamed the way that we were covering the club for some of the, the poor form. So we we turned around this uh, back page of the Sunday Sun, which was uh, which is our Sunday newspaper up here, sort of apologising for everything that he'd done wrong. So apologising for the headbutt, apologising for the derby record, apologising for the FA Cup record and stuff, and it it kind of went viral. And I don't think that helped him at all. <laughs> uh, but he was um, yeah, I think it, it didn't end particularly well for him up here. But um, uh, but funny enough, the last time he came up to St James's Park with and brought Palace up here, he was kind of ignored rather than rather than booed. He was he was kind of ignored. So. You know, he's he's um, he's, a, he's a fighter. He's definitely a fighter. He, yeah. You know, he was under a lot of pressure um, when there was the kind of the Pardew out campaign, and um, I thought, you know, other men, like lesser men would have would have buckled under it. But he kind of, you know, he really, he, you know, he is a fighter. He, he's, he, I give him credit. He's got, you know, he's got a lot of bottle. He doesn't shy away from it. He's happy to sort of front up and uh, and do that and, and I did you know it, there was kind of a grudging respect for him really in that that even though he was part of the the, the people that were that were you know they were banning us and um uh, and and he was he sort of signed off on that as well I kind of thought mm, fair play you know he doesn't he doesn't shy away from it but um but yeah I didn't I I I, I think it was right that he went um but uh, uh, you know he probably not probably not the worst manager that Newcastle United have ever had but but you know somewhere in the Somewhere in the middle, I think it's fair to say. Which is, which is, oh, I suppose, it's grudging praise considering, considering you had a fallout. The fact that you have, you have some good things to say about it is probably a good thing. Um, but before I let you go, I wanted to ask. Uh, get, so what Albion really need um, is some other relegation candidates mm. to, to to help us out. Uh, I mean, Newcastle aren't down there with us at the moment. But how do you feel about uh, Newcastle this this year? Are they where do you think they're going to finish? Yeah, I mean, it, it, we're kind of waiting to see really because I think I think at the start of the season with um, you know I, I sort of talk about Alan Pardew there as, as, as you know and his kind of battles with the with the board and stuff. Well, Alan, well, Rafa Benitez has had his, has his own ones. You know, it's been um, it's not been uh, it's not been easy for him either to get his own, own way, and he wanted to sign striker he wanted he wanted a number 10 as well he didn't get them he didn't get the money for them he didn't get the, the back in the transfer window and we were all very worried in on September the 1st that either he was going to walk or the club was going to really really struggle in the event they then went and did did have a really good a really good run of form which was you know ironically again something that part used to happen to party that got on really good runs of form and then really tail off mm-hmm. um but it, it, the last few weeks, it's been a bit more chastening. They were, you know, they actually played quite well at Man United on Saturday, but just couldn't compete really with them. They lost to Bournemouth and Burnley in in the space of a few days, and that was that was a sobering reminder. And so I think 
we're looking at the next two games, Watford and West Brom, as being the two that, you know, are we, you know, is it going to be, we need to get to um, January and sign some players, or is it a situation of, you know, Newcastle are probably going to keep their heads heads above water because the form's not been brilliant the last few weeks. They, they do are going to struggle to score goals. They've got 11 this season, but they've, you know, three of them are against West Ham in one game. Um, you know, they've been in every game that they've played. There's no doubt about that. They're not they're not a million miles away. Um, but they're um, you know they, 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 they I think they'll I think they're going to they're going to have a few like worrying moments I think along the way I think that, that's that's fair because they're not brilliant but they they work really hard they're compact you know they'll probably come to West Brom and play pretty tight um, and uh, you know I I think they'll be okay but it's uh, uh, you know there might be some tricky moments I, I think West Brom and other teams will be looking at Newcastle and thinking can we drag them in um, I think with Rafa in charge and probably the, you know a couple of players coming back they should be alright especially if they the takeover happens and they sign players in January I think they'll be alright but yeah I definitely wouldn't write them out of out of the argument at the bottom that's the that is the ambition this year just to stay out of relegation trouble um, and then sort of build from there well that sounds like we're, uh, we're in the same club um, Mark thanks ever so much for, for your time you're a busy man so, so, uh, so we, uh, we appreciate it and, and who knows we might be uh, we might be talking about uh, Pardew's debut against um, Newcastle in, uh, in, in time to come no problem ok so we're fortunate enough to have our own Newcastle fan in the office in the shape of our video editor Ben Hurst I thought it would be a good idea to, uh, to grab a bit of his time Ben um, let's say Alan Pardew is the man for Albion should we be excited about that prospect? Well, a lot of Newcastle fans wouldn't say you should be excited, I would say. Um, by the time he left, there was definitely a groundswell of opinion that uh, they were you know, pleased for him to go. He was someone who was associated with the regime at Newcastle, more so than he possibly deserved. And over his time there, he never, ever had any real control over who they were signing. Let, let's not forget that they, they brought in someone as mighty as Joe Kinnear as the director of football in his time there. Joe Kinnear, who said when he joined, um, that judge me on my signings, and in 12 months he, he made no permanent signings whatsoever. <laughs> and um, uh, Graham Carr, the chief scout, was also a key member of uh, people. Some, he was someone who uh, decided on our entire transfer policy. He had a good start and brought in lots of uh, uh, talent from France and so on. But overall, uh, it's, definitely, it's definitely the case to, to say that his signings became less and less successful as time went by. Pardew was therefore presented with a squad that it wasn't his own. Uh, he, he wasn't really, he had, a, he had input into it clearly, but he, you know, the problems that were in his squad, he felt he didn't really have a lot of um, control over solving. Um, he was someone who had good patches and bad patches, but I think in general the Newcastle fans th- think that the bad patches outweighed the good. We definitely had some good finishes under him, and he, overall I personally think he did a reasonably good job, but by the time he left I think everyone, in- including him, thought it was time to go. He, and, you know, let's face it, he went to Crystal Palace and didn't tear up any trees there as well, which is, which is you know, a slight blot on the, uh, the, those people who would say that, you know, he was a good manager and, and um, was let down by the, uh, uh, the hierarchy in Newcastle. He was considered to be possibly part of the Cockney Mafia, which was Mike Ashley's uh, friends uh, when he was brought in. And overall, uh, the fans really felt that he defended the regime too much and wasn't critical enough over the transfer policy and so on over his time. But I did feel he was in a difficult position there. He wanted to stay in the job and do as best he can. And he knew that criticising Mike Ashley was not the way to get what he wanted. So overall, I would say he's a, he's a good, solid manager. Um, I don't think he'll you know, be a source of much excitement for the uh, West Bromwich Albion fans. But you know, he, I think he will do a reasonable job there, if, he, if indeed he does go there. 
Well, don't need to worry about that. Albion fans are well used to not being excited, so uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll plough along. Thank you, Ben. That's much appreciated. Okay, so what do we take from that? Well, I think I think having spoken to to, to a couple of people now who know a bit about Alan Pardew, I think the thing you get is that he's a firefighter. He's probably someone who's going to come in and and have a positive um, initial impact at the club. And I don't think I think it's hard to understate how important that is in terms of keeping our um, uh, keep remaining a Premier League force. So. Potentially a good thing, but I think it's fair to say. And I spoke to two people who've watched a lot of Alan Pardew football. There's a massive amount of love for him, so you can probably see why on social media people aren't necessarily um, throwing any parties at the idea that it's going to be him. I mean, just to say, who knows if it is going to be Alan Pardew? He just, he's just the uh, favourite with the bookers at the moment. But um, hopefully, this is uh, this is giving you something to think about. And you know, as this uh, manager search goes on, we'll look at more breakout podcasts and in the intervening period. We've got some brilliant. Um, Funny stories coming up with footballers, so uh, stay tuned to Woodland Corner.